Kudu here. Listen to Safari. Bits and bites from the bush. Wilderness wise with eco training. So again, uh, Ross Hawkins, a eco training instructor up here in Makuleke, just having just chat about scorpions. Scorpions in Southern Africa, you're looking around the region of 140 species. Um, throughout South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, Zimbabwe, Swaziland, Lesotho and Southern Mozambique. There's in majority of scores, a rule of thumb with scorpions is very, very thin, slender uh, pincers to a relatively thicker tail would be, you need to be careful of them. They would have a relatively strong venom which is going to result in sort of intense local pain. So they are then referred to as big, big families of the Buthidae's, where in of which the Parabuthids would be the life-threatening ones. Uh, so it's it's a neurotoxic venom, but when stung, it's just incredibly, incredibly painful. Or well, in fact, all scorpion stings are painful. But then, depending on the on the animal that does the stinging, it's going to depend on what symptoms develops and also certainly the health of the individual being stung. Any of the big parabuthid species would require medical attention to be monitored in hospital just to make sure, because it's certainly been neurotoxic, that there are other complications. And then going down to those with very big pincers and very small tail, those, those ones are very practically harmless. I mean maybe there's a small, it feels like a slight burn or so forth but generally there won't be anything. They will be trying to use their pincers for crushing prey and the venom, the tail, the venom just as a last resort. Whereas the buthids where the very small pincers, the thick tail, a very sort of um, powerful venom in order to subdue their prey. So they certainly, the pincers are going to be very ineffective in that way. So that's just sort of in a nutshell. But otherwise, scorpions are very habitat specific. There's some that will only be found literally between the flakes of rocks. That's where the Hydogenes is the genus, which includes some of the world's biggest scorpions. Then you have free running, so for example, the, the Parabuthids. But depending on, on habitat, so um, Parabuthus transvalicus, it's going to be or common name is a Transvaal thicktail scorpion. It prefers in, you could say, a bushveld environment, but it's hard to sort of describe the exact habitat, but it's very much a free, free-living animal. So it can be, especially at night, and temperatures up and high humidity, and I still are evening right, males out looking for females. To bark scorpions, which prefer either uh, living between bark flakes or those that live in crevices within tree trunks to burrowing scorpions that then burrow pistothalmus that burrow almost of a, a key sh keyhole shaped burrowing entrance that then slopes down and maybe turns left or right so and then to those that sort of li would live in desert sand uh, where they construct their burrows underneath plants or so forth to so yeah, certain species can be only found in certain areas, be it high altitude, low altitude, or low felt, and so forth. Then, 
As far as I mean, scorpions finding finding mates, it's very much it's all about pheromone. So the have a small can can't say for better use of a word those pectins, uh, which are almost sort of sensory organs just on the under underside of a scorpion, that the they're able to pick up the pheromones of the of a female, also movement and also potentially uh, partially sense of, of smell as well. But this enables the male now to go and find the female following her sort of central that she can leave behind in pheromones. Then otherwise when it comes to, to catching food, if you look at the the pincers or the pedipalps uh, or the palps rather of a, a scorpion, they sort of almost look like they're covered in hairs. Those hairs are very super sensory. So any movement around those pincers, it's just sort of like as if a moth just flies past, that creates a disturbance which then triggers the scorpion to then just lash out and grab. So it's a very super sensory means of being able to capture prey in that way. So prey is, is generally anything insect-wise. Certainly some of the bigger burrowing scorpions would feed on, on small reptiles, the likes of geckos maybe, uh, very small snakes, centipedes, millipedes, so big sort of crushing power. Uh, the parabuthids with a powerful venom, yes, can certainly subdue maybe a larger spider or other scorpions for that matter. So, but I mean, none are certainly obviously going to be consuming us anytime soon. Um, when out in the bush, the one definite thing is, is a good, good light. Uh, scorpions, majority of the time, are moving around at night. So during the day they're exposed to a multitude of predators. Birds will certainly feed on them, in particular birds. So their best thing is to move around at night where predators can't really see them. And also it's a bit cooler for them, so moving around foraging is certainly going to be easier. So when for us moving around at night is, is a good torch, number one. Just not, yeah, at least some form of cover for your foot, feet. Preferably a yes, sort of closed shoe, um, or else. I mean, there's there's those that yes, we use flops, but it's I mean, yeah, it's kind of step on the thing, and the tail is certainly able to deliver to the top of the foot. So, it's been also just being aware of surroundings when of where you are, and then hence where the thought sort of comes in. Um, and then certainly, if you happen to be sleeping out in the bush is don't roll the, the sleeping bag out first thing and then leave it and then right me climb in because yeah there's all manner of life that's sort of oh here's a nice cozy place let me go and see what i can find in there and you stick yourself in there and meet the scorpion down at the bottom of the of the of the sleeping bag so it would be better just to leave the sleeping bag all tucked away and then just before climbing into bed is unravel the sleeping bag and then climb in and because nothing much is going to join you sort of once you're already rolling around inside there. Um, maybe a snake would sort of come and utilize that body heat, but then for instance, scorpion, I mean, certainly if you're if moving around, animals moving past and then person rolls over in their sleep and stretches out or so forth and then happens to, then they, they might end up being stung. But generally, if there's this object in the way that's kind of there, then oh, this doesn't feel right and then we tend to sort of just avoid us. So it's 
it's again, it's in going into a, a space that's already occupied by something large that's rather go elsewhere. So it's not really an attractive option when there's already something there that you can kind of pick up is not quite right. So let's just go somewhere else rather than, so the animal's not coming looking to come and join you. It's more just walking past and then yes, person stretches as mentioned, then, then they'll, they might end up just sort of surprising the animal, which surprising anything means it, it sort of lashes out. Um, they navigate, yeah, by eyesight. There's a particular, but it's an, it's an unknown with scorpions, but they, if under black light, they fluoresce. Now, the fluorescence, it's, it's uncertain as to why they do it, but they are the only organism that actually does fluoresce, or not only organism, there'll be others in terms of aquatic, but they, and so as the exoskeleton of the animal dries, it's, that then it's the, the particles are called beta carboline or the substance and that dries under sclerotization and that then starts to fluoresce but why they fluoresce it hasn't quite been found out yet so it was a thought maybe it's um, you have more scorpions on a full moon night because they can go and they can see females or so forth there's one speculation or they can navigate with the stars or whichever you but it's no there's no set how do they? It's more scent, maybe, when it comes to using the pectins to find females, or just being an ambush predator, just waiting for prey to sort of come past. But the actual navigation is sort of, it's ongoing in that way, of trying to figure out how, how they do it in that regard, because they're just one of the, uh, there's probably a number of mysteries in nature that sort of are still waiting to be figured out, but that's one of them that's still being a mystery at this time yeah. for more audio safaris visit kuduhere.com